0: The Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC London Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches, thinking how things used to. Dark night. It's a dark night dark, night. It's a dark night. What is up you savages This is the Protect Your Neck podcast and I am your host Dan Tom. Analysts' work you can find at com and five days a week at MMA Junkie Radio. But on this here program, the Protect Your Neck podcast, we break down high-level MMA. And today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's before the fight, we've got UFC London. Uh, as per usual, I tried to hit my just-before-24-hour mark before the fight card, but there are some many technical difficulties, so it'll be an expedited show, which thankfully means I'll be saving you the excuses, but I must say, I must just, just kind of dip into some of them. Oh my goodness. Uh, amongst all things, my, my computer has been just going haywire from the sound, mouse, power, uh, everything. Um, it, it's been kind of falling apart this week. And of course, in a week that was supposed to be uh, a light week with uh, some extra assignments that were dropped upon me. Nevertheless, um, it, as you know, it's like, oh, it's like, oh, Dan, oh, Dan, oh Dan, Tom, Dan, Tom it's, it's always something. Oh my God, it is. It, it being said, I promise you. I'm coming back with a positive. I promise you, I will not let anything, the universe, this whole crazy crap that's been getting in my way, not letting anything get in the way of having an early, that's right, early, I dare say, one, two, nay, three-day early episode for UFC 223. That's in two weeks. We will have a top five episode coming to you next week, which I'm in the process of booking. Hopefully, you like the top five episode uh, last week that we did. Uh, Hopefully, this is recording because my screen is making a weird twitchy noise, uh, kind of encompassing with the other things I was telling you. But hopefully you enjoyed the one from last week. Thank you, James Lynch, at Lynch on Sports. We did top five post-fight interviews. That was a really fun one. Uh, Thank you for that. Uh, We didn't really recap UFC 222 because I don't really like to bog down those episodes or really date them too much. But we did well. I don't have it in front of me. I want to say it was like three out of four. It was uh, we went two in a row for undefeated nights for betting, but you know again bad nights and picks when I do good in the betting, you know how that goes. But yeah, I think three out of four were dog picks. So hey, I gotta pat myself on the back every once in a while, you know, especially after uh, doing bad. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna pause this real quick to make sure I am not recording in vain. Cool, we're good. I just want to make sure we're recording. Yeah, Um, but yeah, yeah. UC222 was good, and I'm gonna try to speed through this because I have a vet appointment. Yes, I'm gonna be getting my dog back amongst. Many of the things I've been doing is recovering from surgery and being sick this whole year. Pretty much, literally, all of 2018, I have not really had my dog. Um, So I'll be getting him back, which is good because my mother, God bless her for taking care of him. Uh, Every time she takes care of the dog, he ends up being sick. It's always fucking something. And now he's, you know, overweight with a little bit of bumps on him. His knee looks a little splayed to the side. It's only been two goddamn months. And I know she was helping me in a time of dire need. And I appreciate that. It's nice to uh be able to live in the same town as 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 your as your as your family member uh for that reason. So believe me I'm grateful but I'm also as you know Dan Tom uh, loves his dog. <sighs> Cuz uh my dog is my best friend as you know proverbial as that is man's best friend but uh all the crazy stuff old Dan Tom's been through he's been there for me so uh so yeah I want to make sure he's okay so I got a vet appointment for him. Um, I didn't also touch on it, but uh, thank you guys for uh, sharing and appreciating the Brian Ortega Babe Ruth article. I know for people that just read headlines, we're just like, what? They're saying Brian Ortega's Babe Ruth? Because that's exactly what the headline said for people who don't fucking read. Um, But if you actually read the article, you actually learned something and got a different take that was not being spread around there and something I enjoyed writing personally and and didn't expect to. I didn't expect to go into a study on striking rates of the baseball in the 1920s. I'm actually not a baseball fan, but... You wouldn't know it from that article because uh, like, like many articles, like when I wrote a Hector Lombard article for Flow last year, I went into the history of Cuban Judo. That is the benefit. That is the plus sides uh, of writing these articles. That's what I like. It's definitely a scary undertaking. I'm not going to lie. This is, this is new field for me, and I'm on a big stage, so it's a little nerve-wracking. I put, put a lot um, I put a lot into these articles. I'm not just trying to put stuff out there for clicks when I get assignments from Junkie. I'm really, really trying to do my best, so thank you for that, and in that same spirit... Sorry, speaking fast, but again, expedited breakdown. In that same spirit, I uh, had a Nick Newell uh, article come out. Again, you know, everybody's having their opinions one way or another. in Nick Newell, and uh, I figure, why not? Why not talk to the guy himself and, and actually break down his skills as a martial artist and give him that respect uh, instead of uh, just just rehashing opinions, whether it be positive or. Or negative, Um, but yeah, so I put that out, Uh, that's up now, thank you for that, we'll have something else coming out this weekend that I don't want to touch too much on now, but it's in similar spirit to a previous article I did, hopefully you guys will like that, and we have UFC London in front of us, as per usual, we are going to go from bottom to top, I'm going to go no breaks to this one, as you can tell, I'm going to just try to speed right through, um, to the opening match, which I don't believe they listed in order here for the odds, so... Um, no, maybe they did. Uh Nasrat Hack makes his return. Uh second sophomore performance, minus one hundred sixty against Nod nirimani uh plus one forty. Nermani you may know uh who upset Paddy Patty Pimblett for the Cage Warriors title uh last year. Uh has been training a bit with Team Alpha Male, but trains out of uh Bristol, England. Um I think the price is about right here. Uh is pretty talented, you know, on the feet. His striking is getting better, he's really aggressive come forward fighter his wrestling is getting better but that pressure is, is you know his wrestling is still not bulletproof it's still not game over um he still struggled taking certain guys down and his striking though it's improving and it is just inherently his aggression opens him up for counters and i see him colliding with something hard because hack press it's hard i actually pick Hasprac- hack press to be held despite it being short notice despite his limited sample size despite him being a debutante um, because if you look at him, you know, he's a really talented, uh, it almost looks like he comes from a wrestling base, but nope, just a natural wrestler, um, as a natural wrestling, like GSP, someone he's coincidentally trained with, but also as a, you know, former chubby kid, but meld down to a heavy hitting southpaw pressure fighter, like a Kelvin Gaslam. But coincidentally, another person who he shared some training lineage with, with King's MMA being his two main training camps outside of, uh, Wherever he stays, he travels a lot to Canada and California. So not bad places. Both those guys, Farah Sahabi and Rafael Cordero, will be in his corner. I'll probably do a straight plan hack press, but I wasn't sure if I'm... I haven't pulled the trigger yet, uh, and he's not in my betting article for that reason because he wasn't quite as confident. Still not sure what Nur going to come to the table with. Just think Nur too small. Natural featherweight. All right, next fight. Mark Godbeer, plus 240. Uh, Dimitri Sosnovsky, minus 280. Big fan of godbeer really nice guy, salt of the earth, uh, lucky enough to interview him before 209, uh, back when I was with Flo, he was a really nice guy, but as far as fighting goes, you know, just kind of your run-of-the-mill serviceable heavyweight to put kindly, uh, kind of has skills everywhere except for maybe wrestling, which is going to punish him here because that's um, Sovnovsky's strength, Sofnowski strength. Um, I see Savnovsky who can, you know, he's got serviceable striking Uh, by the way, uh, you know, uh, from, 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 you know, uh, from both stances, but, uh, or not, not, sorry. No, uh, sorry. Um, serviceable striking from the footage, but like, it's hard to say like where he's going to be because uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He hasn't fought since 2015, right? Yeah. Um, he hasn 't fought since two thousand fifteen so but hes also been training an American top team he scheduled two fights one uh, against Just, Justin Ledette. so that 's two camps. I have to imagine he was training his striking considering the strengths of Lydette. Um, you know one of uh Alexei guys which I know is more towards submissions but again these are all positive factors surrounding the guy um, that earned him a spot on my roster team even though he 's ninety two I believe the takedowns are going to be a factor so he 's going to score you points probably get a stoppage being that Mark Godbeer is a do-or-die type fighter, and uh, also played uh, Dmitry Sosnovsky inside the distance. I lined it minus 102 to minus 150. It's kind of hard to get a read on these odds makers, so I had to drop my article. And of course, as I hit send, they finally dropped their inside the distance lines, which I think was like minus 108. So I was was right on what they would uh, line it at. So uh, I'm going to be playing a unit 1.5 on that as we speak at uh, 5dimes.eu. Um, that is the lone prop. All right, next fight, Kahan Johnson plus 155, Stevie Ray minus 175. This is just a stay away. Kahan Johnson, you know, he's you know, good from the body lock and take it back, serviceable in the scramble, um, you know, uh, decent striking, but it's always been his chin. We've seen him just crumpled right before, but then he kind of plays a frustrating but smart game against, um, against, uh, what's his name? Fucking Adriano Martins, who it was funny. Uh, I found out in retrospect. I uh, was we watching that fight in, in Virginia and in, in, uh, on, the, on the military trip with uh, and Covington and Felder were on there. And Covington was like, "Dude, Martinez." <laughs> he's like, "He <laughs> wasn't even him doing his shit." But like Martinez trains like he's such a Brazilian man. Those guys go fucking hard. they got got knocked out like three times in this training camp. and I'm like, "Holy shit!" I wouldn't have picked him if I knew that Colby. And sure enough. Um, that that might explain a little bit not to take any credit away from Gahan that may explain a little bit what happened to old Adriano Martinez, there there's a little inside nugget since Enough time has passed. Um, but yeah, uh, stay away from that. Uh, I got Stevie Ray here. Uh, but Stevie Ray, you know, with his training, where, where his head's at, I will say, even though Stevie Ray doesn't look great in any of his cuts, he looks less gaunt in this cut considerably than he does before. So maybe he is in a better place. Maybe it's not just talk. I don't know. I wouldn't play him even here for fantasy. I recommended him away from some people because, you know, he could come out here and he's probably going to come out here and fight smart. So it's on the avoid list. All right, next is... Paul Craig plus five hundred versus Magomed Ankalaev, who got bet up to minus seven hundred Jesus Christ, I mean I get it, but man, um I don't know maybe it's maybe it's the lack of this little little break it's it's forcing people to be extra sharp and and power their money on, but I don't blame him Ankalaev is an Akhmat fight team uh, an unheralded guy from that from from that fight team, and one that's just kind of just cracking the surface he, he's a younger guy especially uh, for that division in his 20s and and he's only cracking the surface. He's the guy that can strike from both stances. He comes from Makhachkala, which is a region in Dagestan, rich in wushu sanda, which is great for countering kicks, which is good cuz Paul Craig tends to throw naked kicks. That's been kind of his culprit in the last couple fights. But more than sanda, it's more wrestling and combat sambo is his strength and those c- c- kicks will allow Ankalaev to get to his Ankalaev to get to his strengths which is on the ground where Craig is also running into some trouble with his willingness to fight there. Um, again, I like Craig, another salt of the earth guy, man. If You talk to this guy, just a real big fan of just, just him as a person, uh, for sure. All is room for him to do well, but here it's it's real tough to uh, to, to pick against, to pick him. Uh, in fact, Uncle Iev makes my team. Sorry, uh, yeah, I thought I had Sosnovsky on my uh, drafting team. He wasn't. Uncle Lyev is on my drafting team. Sorry, I'm I'm was associating those guys off a blink of an eye, going fast here, but he's also a parlay piece because even though he got bet up to minus 700, Ankalayev Craig won't go the distance, is only minus 245. So, not only can you get Ankalaya for a much lower price, and those kind of won't go the distance props are usually available in other houses, not just five dimes, um, but you're going to get it for minus 245, which is playable. And it also covers you in the sense of Craig gets an upset, which he'd have to have a Hail Mary upset with a submission or some shit to catch Ankalayev. So I feel that that's there's val- some valuable uh, play there. All right, Hakeem Duwadu minus 310 versus Dan Henry plus 255. Duwadu is the uh, uh, last parlay piece and last official play that you'll see on the betting article. Um Now minus 310, so money's coming on Henry, thankfully. Henry is durable, man. He's really well-rounded, and he shows that he can find his way through a fight if he can survive the storm. That's kind of his style. He's very hittable, as a tall guy for weight classes often are. Uh, He's going to be at a big speed disadvantage. Uh, He normally is in general, but especially against DeWadu. But what I like about DeWadu is not just, oh, he's speedy, striker, he's athletic, he's explosive, all the typical uh, accolades that you would be stereotyping with this dude. I like that he's measured. You know, you go watch watch Duwadu's fights, and, and again, limited on paper. But if you but if you actually go watch who he's fighting and on the WSOF scene, you know, is it, decent is a decent sample size. And Steven Siler might not impress you, but he's one of those regional cats, those tough regional cats. He's he's a legitimate gatekeeper. You know, I hate using that word gatekeeper, but it's appropriate for guys like Steven Siler, especially guys outside. We also try to nail gatekeepers within the UFC, but those gatekeepers outside the UFC are sometimes the more important ones, especially in situations like this. And it was good for a guy like DeWadu who was getting finishes all the way up into that point. We got to see that his energy, his composure, his mental stamina, uh, his wherewithal was still the same in the third round. He was not um, thwarted by almost finish, getting the finish multiple times. And seeing that the guy was uh hurt to the head not getting finished to the head you would go to uh, a siler's liver uh you know something that dan tom's a real big fan of and almost finished him there and just showing that wherewithal to go upstairs and downstairs and he's gonna need that because a lot of guys go head hunting on henry because he's so hittable there his head's just floating like a damn pinata you want to swing at it but his body's gonna be there the whole time henry's often leaning back and returning um the body's gonna be there Dewadu's smart enough to know that he keeps his feet beneath him um You know, he's definitely one of Canada's brighter prospects right now. And uh, if they match him up well, he's going to continue to do well. And this should be a matchup where he does it. Uh, Also, uh, I'm still not fully sold on Duato on the floor, sure. But I don't see Henry having sizable threats or sizable dictation force to force any uh, possible threats there because Duato is very strong in the clinch. He's very measured in the clinch as well. So Duato makes a parlay piece because that's still playable for anything you're trying to put together. All right, Oliver N camp plus one fifty five. Danny Roberts minus one seventy five. One of the loan, uh, one of not alone, but one of the few official dog picks, I should say. Oliver N camp. Uh, I'm a big fan of Danny Roberts. You guys know I've always uh, picked picked him. Been been a big fan of him. Uh, shared a formal grappling coach at a certain point in time who I know spoke very highly of him. Neil Melanson was coaching him for a brief run. Coincidentally, that same run where Danny Roberts gave his triangle chokes against Nathan Coy. <laughs> but who, thankfully, Danny Roberts gave him a nice shout-out to at the post-fight interview. Love the slick southpaw styling. He has a speed advantage in most fights, and he will still have one in this fight, but not as much. Also, end camp, don't let the boyish looks fool you he's more to offer than you suspect i mean the, this kid he's 26 years old he has a boyish face and a karate style and if somebody come from a karate style and has a non-intimidating look and boyish face i understand of the the lifelong curse of being fucking underrated and it sucks and you know you got to joke about it and you got to enjoy the boyish looks part that's a positive no matter how you cut it even as a fighter um but to the karate part um again you know me, I I'm I'm not, you know, blindly picking karate fighters or saying it's end all be all and saying these eccentric techniques are 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 winning fights and look at the because it's not, I point to facts. You guys know that. But at the same time, I do have feel like a duty to wave a flag for it because there's so many just false analysis out there on it, and because there's false the reason why there is false analysis because a lot of people don't come from that style, don't understand it. And because we saw it just get fucking washed in the early UFCs, there's a lot of that stigma. And since then, there's been such limited Leoto Machida guys that it's just still kind of considered an anomaly when we do see a Steven Thompson. Hence, when people don't understand things, whether it be important things like race or menial things like breaking down fights, we tend to get a little ignorant about it. You know what I'm saying? So I just try to kind of balance that ignorance here. And, uh, and yeah, there is a lot to like. And what I like about people... Uh, people that mix in their traditional martial arts, the ones that do well, they mix in Muay Thai, you know, whether um, uh, it's like a, you know, uh, like a, I want to say like a Rose, or even, I want to say even Watterson, early in Waterson's career, if you watch, because um, Waterson's career dates way back, in her earlier iteration, when she was having a lot of success and gaining the hype she had, was because she could go from the traditional stance, uh, kicks, and then go, to an orthodox and then go right to tie kicks. And when you can mix those instead of just being all karate, those fighters have more success, obviously, just like the karate fighters are mixed in wrestling. Uh, end camp seems to be doing both now. He was going for wrestling needlessly against a much bigger, stronger man, and even though he actually had surprisingly had success taking Nordian Taleb down at a certain point, was not advisable. Perhaps maybe he was just trying to mix things up to further uh, open up his strikes, maybe showing how smart he is, perhaps too heady if that was the case, though. Neither here nor there. Um, The positive takeaway from that, even though it didn't serve him well in that fight, was that he, he has the wherewithal to improve those, and I imagine he will continue to improve those, as if you look at his fights, all his skills continue to fight to fight improve. Um, really good leg dexterity that transferred off off of his back. I imagine that's going to transfer to defense if you show the awareness that he's showing in transition and scrambles, and even defensively already, but more importantly, offensively. I believe a lot of those skills translate, just like the leg dexterity that grants him the offensive skills on the ground from his guard in the first place. Um, So, you know... Uh, I, I see it being a wash on the ground. As far as striking, You know, Roberts absolutely should be the favorite. He absolutely is going to have the, the advantage of boxing range. He absolutely could hurt Enkamp. But even though Enkamp's punches are funny, and I want to see some improvements on those, he still has pops in his overall strikes. He still throws mean elbows and knees, even though he gets a little too off-balance and wild, and it cost him some crucial positions in the uh, fight against Taleb. Um, There is some real skills there. I mean, you go watch his Muay Thai footage and his body work and his cook kickboxing footage. I mean, the kid knows how to work. It's just transferring the skills. Uh, It will come. The question is, you know, will it come now? Um, And and how much success will he have? And uh, again, I'm rooting for Roberts. I'm not rooting ill against him. And I I should say, I'm not rooting ill against him, I should say. But... Worried about his durability, not so much his durability and not so much the losses, but even the wins he's taking damage. And the wins and losses he's making, pretty not super quick, but decent turnarounds. Where I wish he might have take a little more time off than he did. You know what I'm saying? And um, and, and yeah, I just I just feel like I'm not, I'm not I question his durability too much, and and I don't know. I, I think I think the dog has a real chance to upset here. Um, not not worth recommending you play, but I will be sprinkling on in camp personal just to put my money where my mouth is but didn't feel that it was responsible enough one to recommend <laughs> um, by any means um, because it is on the avoid list. It is it is just the one that I'm I'm sprinkling for personal, but it is on the avoid list for a reason. Danny Roberts is favorited for a reason. I'm not being delusional with the pick, but I am standing by my pick. The pick is in camp. Charles Bird, minus 110. John Phillips, minus 110. Phillips is a favorite for a minute. I got to imagine it's that SBG, Connor, John Kavanaugh rub. As you know, John Phillips is living out of the trailer out of – uh. Kavanaugh's, uh, you know, backyard there or whatever. The white Mike Tyson judo base, knockout power, but limited footage, kind of spotty. I think he went to prison, which is why kind of a spotty record uh, as far as a little bit of gaps in there. Uh, Charles Bird, deceptively experienced regional record, um, came from a wrestling base, wanted to strike, was actually training for K1. You see him, like, strike from both stances pretty comfortably, but he ends up wrestling, and I think he's starting to embrace that. He's got some serviceable tools from topside, like a nice head and arm choke. And... If he survives the first round from Phillips, I could see that paying dividends. So the pick is Phillips, but it's on the avoid list. Hence, Charles Burris actually makes my fantasy uh, plays because I think he's always a dog worth looking at that for those reasons because if he gets survives that storm, he could maybe do some things. All right, main card time. Leon Edwards minus 220 Peter Sabota, plus 180. Sabota never gets credit from the oddsmakers. He is, though, a hard guy to get a beat, although I will say I think we've got a better beat on him now. Those gaps in his career, he's come back. Uh, you know, We've seen what he looks like now that he's come back because even when he's you know, restacking himself on the regional scene, he, these guys aren't even like listed. They were very low-ranking dudes, barely winning records, any of them, okay? And then went 0-3 with his first run. But now I do think we have a better, even though the oddsmakers aren't giving him that respect here, we have a better feel for Boda uh, much more put-together, southpaw on the feet, uh, really embracing those tools of a southpaw now and has improved his wrestling defeat into his, yes, grappling game, Dean Lister, Black Belt. Models his game after his idol Damian Maya. Uh, I'm gonna skip these next four, go into details because I did in-depths on MMA Junkie where you can read. But this one, uh, Borderline made the avoid list because and, and should be on the avoid list anyways. But uh, because uh, this is this in my opinion is a pick 'em. I do think Edwards' underrated wrestling is gonna serve him though in the defensive area. Uh, you usually see him use it offensively. I have to imagine he's smart enough to not use it offensively here unless it's like toward the very end of a round to secure a round. Um, but I see Edwards' is uh, sh- uh, striking being able to, once again, get released here. And I think the speed is going to make the difference. Um, tricky, though, southpaw versus southpaw matchup. So picking Edwards by decision, but but I don't blame anybody for, for playing Sabota uh, or picking him. All right, next is Tarion Ware, minus 295, Tom Dukenois. Frank Duke's Duke and Juan minus 355. I expected this line to keep, continue to inflate, but I stayed the hell away. I got Duke and Juan by decision, but I just essentially think this is closer than it is uh, than it appears. Uh, Tarian Ware, good pressure fighter, good boxing, comes from a Kyushin karate background, but his right hand is going to be live coming forward and off the counter because Duke and Wall, with all his improvements, his inherent aggression makes him hittable. So we've seen that, uh, but I imagine he's going to dust off his wrestling. Um, because it, it, it burned him last time and when he gets burned he seems to come back and he's the t- right type of cerebral fighter to come back even though he had a, a very questionable showing where he really looked discouraged and I don't know if, what was going on or if it was just maybe he was taken by surprise like many of us that Cody Staven was in fact a talented fighter I mean I watched Cody Staven on the regional scene and I knew he was a talented fighter but I was even a bit surprised in these last two performances a bit myself I'll be the first to admit that um, so, I don't know where Duquenois stands, but he's too young to write off that he's just going to quit or come back terrible. It wasn't like it was a devastating knockout loss or the kid was crying about it or anything. So, um, I, you know, um, we'll see how he comes back here. Training in France for this one, probably because it's a European card. We'll see. Picking him by decision, but this is just a wait and see. Uh, wishing we're the best. That guy's not at a fucking easy road. All right, Jan Blockowitz, plus 165. Jimmy Wano, Manoa, m- w- minus 190. Dude, I can't believe I picked him up Manoa like every fight. Even like. I've, like, picked against them, like, every like, every fight, like, since I've been doing this, since, like, 2015. And some of them have been right. Even the last fight was right. Like, I I thought all the way up until doing this breakdown, I'll go and I'll outline my fights. And when I outline the fight, I'll go usually read, like, the last breakdown. And I was like, holy shit, I picked Volkan I didn't even remember that I picked Vulcan Ozemir, but I did. And it's because, and I haven't I haven't listened to uh, this week's episode of Heavy Hands, but I did see Conor Rebush tweet about him and Patrick apparently arguing versus opportunism versus process. And it's funny because in reading my, I think it was Jimmy Manawa versus... Or, no, it was Ozamir. It was the Ozamir versus Manoa one. It, that was my argument, where I was like, Manoa should be the favorite. Because every time I'm like, I get it. Like, I know I'm picking against Jimmy, but it's not that I'm saying Jimmy's not. Jimmy's good. I, I'm not saying he's good. Yes, he can knock him out. I'm not saying he can't knock him out. Yes, he's the favorite. I, in fact, I agree. He should be the deserved favorite. You know, I feel like I have to defend myself to the death for picking against an athletic dude who can knock people out because everybody loves the athletic, muscly guy who knocks people out. And God forbid you pick against those guys, right? But. As you know, this isn't anything new with Dan, Tom, and I. And I, I want to go listen to that episode now, to, to to see where each each of those guys stand. Because I, obviously, I respect Connor and Pat both. Uh, shout out to them, but but as you know Dan Tom is more and it doesn't mean I always pick this way obviously but I'm more of a process over opportunism guy um, so yeah anyways I picked Blockowitz here I feel like he's been his more his improvements they both improve his improvements are more tangible especially inside the clinching and in the wrestling which is where he fell short in the first meeting which was an odd meeting from both again just a bad sample size to compare off of if you're going to compare it Blockowitz can sustain and survive past that first round. He is one of the more durable heavyweights, by the way. Only has one TKO stop, which was questionable by retirement, which he avenged later. That was way back with KSW against Sokaju. I have him here. All right, next Volkov versus Verdum. I think Volkov might have plus 155. Live dog, dark horse in the division. Fabricio Verdum, minus 175. Favorite. It's hard to pick against him. Uh, Essentially, go read the breakdown. Um, More ways to win on paper. I know that's such a cop out, but I'm just trying to sum things up really quickly here. I could see him get knocked out. Don't get me wrong. Uh, He, 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 the right hand off the counter is going to be live in this fight but Verdum is showing more of a trend to win rounds and take down fights and get it to the ground because he's admitted himself he only has a few fights left. He's not fucking around. I don't see him fucking around here. I think he's taking in his opportunity to pick a guy off. He's getting more notice than a short-notice fight against another guy who wasn't as dangerous but still just as dangerous as a young guy, Marcin Tabora. Lest we forget, that was a fight on semi-short notice too. Went five rounds and outpaced him and held the pace, something that Verdum, one of, the few su- one of the few things along with his chin that you can suspect toward his game, proved there. Um... So yeah, if he can avoid the shot, I see him being able to get Volkov down Volkov again. He's improved with his wrestling, you know, uh, a lot over the years. Um not just a wiry guy he actually is pretty built down there can defend well off the fence but reactionary and more important single leg snatches uh are something that guys don't do often on him and he has a harder time defending and that is what Fabricio Verdumes uses to either get guys down or create the scramble I've seen him getting a submission there but I stayed away all right that is UFC London just a recap real quick fantasy Hakeem Duwadu uh Malgomet Ankaliyev Fabrizio Verdum Oliver Endcamp Charles Bird, Young Bakowicz For a roster total 49,400 Props Dmitri Sosnovsky Inside the distance Minus uh, 108 About to put a unit .5 No straight plays Although I did sprinkle on Endcamp and Bakowicz personally Just because they are My official dog picks Parlay Craig Ankaliyev Won't go the distance Minus 245 Akeem Dewadu, minus 325 On the avoid list John Phillips versus Charles Bird, Gahan Johnson versus Stephen Ray, Jan Blockwoods versus Jimmy Manowa, Danny Roberts versus Oliver Encamp. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, five star ratings and reviews, Amazon, and on it clickthroughs. Mixed Martial Thank you guys for sharing all the kind words. Thank you for checking out the articles. Sorry for the late release, and uh, until next time, protect your neck.